We here at Last Friend Inc. are collectively sorry for this loss of you. Our deepest sympathies extend to those who love you and those who will never meet you. We hope you find a new friend of value to spend your final hours with today. On September 5th, a little after midnight, Deathcast calls Mateo Torres and Rufus Emeterio to deliver some bad news. They're going to die in less than 24 hours. Mateo and Rufus are total strangers, but for different reasons, they're both looking to make a new friend on their end today. The good news is there's an app for that. It's called Last Friend, and through it, Rufus and Mateo meet up for one final epic adventure, to live a lifetime in a single day. They both die at the end by Adam Silvera. Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today for this episode of the Loveland Libcast YA Book Group Edition, I have three honored guests. Well, I guess I'm honored to have these guests. (laughs) (laughs) I am joined by Becca, as always. Becca, thank you for joining the Loveland Libcast again. Thanks for having me. I have Anna. Anna, thanks for coming back to talk some YA books. Glad to be back. And for the first time, we have the team division manager, Johanna. Thank you for joining the Loveland Libcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is going to be very fun. I'll give a spoiler right off the top. I really like this book, so I'm excited to talk to you all about it. Before we get into the book, though, I would like to introduce our listeners to Johanna a little bit more. So, Johanna, I'm going to ask you this. For how long have you been at the Loveland Public Library, and what is your job here? I've been here at the Loveland Public Library since September 30th, or about October, so almost five months, and my job is the Teen Division Manager. This is my dream job, and I am delighted to be joining you all in Loveland, so I'm super happy to be here. So you get to make all of the teens in Loveland feel welcome and have fun things to do and read and learn at the library. Is that a a good summation? (laughs) That is a great summation. I do get to support an amazing staff in providing services throughout the Loveland community for young people ages 11 to high school graduation. So incredibly pleased with the new community and to see all of the support that Thompson School District and other entities have for the teens in this community. I am very proud to be part of that here at the library. Well, we are very excited and have been excited since you've joined our team. It's been a real pleasure to get to know you more over these months. And yeah, it's been really fun working together. So thank you for being here and thank you for being on the podcast. My next question for you is what is your librarian background? I come from Campbell County Public Library in Gillette, Wyoming. So I was there for nine years. I started out there as a teen librarian, very part-time, and I fell in love with libraries at that point. I was going back to school to become a school teacher, and I decided libraries were where I belonged. Then I had to move through the library. I went into circulation, and I went into reference. So I've been in several places in the Campbell County Public Library. I also was very involved with Wyoming Library Leadership Institute and Wyoming Library Association. So at the state level, I really enjoy being collaborative and doing leadership stuff and making libraries as a whole better. And then I've always wanted to live in Loveland. It was part of my 10-year plan. And one of my friends who lives here and works up in Fort Collins 
said, hey, there's a job opening and it's for teens. And I jumped on that and I was over the moon to get it. I love Loveland as a community. I'm happy to be here with two of my kiddos, be part of the school district and really lean in and make Loveland home. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's very exciting to get to introduce you to our listeners. So thank you for that. And I wanted to, since you were all in the teen division, I wanted to ask if there were any news, updates, any upcoming things. This is this episode is going to come out probably around the 20th of February. So if that lines up with anything you want to share with the listeners, the floor is yours. I have something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'm starting a new program this spring. First day will be February 28th, 4.30 after school. It's a program that has sort of two goals. One is to either learn to knit and crochet or to work on our knitting and crochet projects together. And the other is just to be able to complain about our problems. So it's called Not My Problem, K-N-O-T, Not My Problem. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's going to be pretty casual. I'll be there to help teach, you know, beginning crocheters and knitters. They need a little help. If you already crochet or knit, you can come in and bring your project and just sit there and, you know, vent a little bit. I'd like to ideally at some point maybe have that program operate without me and just be teens here, you know, sharing their problems. And that way an adult doesn't even have to be involved <laughs> and they can say whatever they want. So, <laughs> yeah, that's starting February 28th and it'll be um, the last Tuesday of every month for the rest of the spring. Awesome. What a wonderful pun. And that does sound like a very cool way to, to process stuff, work on a craft, a skill, a hobby, and yeah, get to meet other other teams. And yeah. I find I can think about things easier when like my hands are occupied with something, you know what I mean? Like crocheting or knitting or so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. As always, D&D is going very strong, and that's the third Thursday of the month from 4.30 to 6.30. We're delighted to have so many teens be really involved, excited, and parents that are letting their teens know that maybe played D&D in their youth. It's almost looking like almost a multi-generational thing, and of course, we always have D&D uh, books to check out from the library, so if you wanted to start without investing, that you can do that from us all for free. That's awesome, yeah. It's exciting to me that not only has Dungeons & Dragons kind of really picked up a lot of steam in the last <laughs> several years, but... Stranger Things had a lot to do with that. Yeah, that's... Yes, yes, that's a very good point, and... Uh, and libraries have really kind of embraced that, which just makes all the sense in the world to me because it really is about storytelling and we're, right. we're already buildings with a lot of stories in them. And no one and could afford to buy all the books, so you have to come to the library where they're free. <laughs> That's right. And it's math skills, so you roll yeah. the dice and you're not even realizing that you're doing basic math when you're playing. You just want to know whether or not you hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Storytelling and math skills, folks. That's yeah, and but in a fun way. <laughs> I mean, you can like that stuff, and it's fun for you. Uh, that's totally fun. Thank you for sharing those opportunities for folks, especially the teen folks who <laughs> maybe are listening or hearing about this from someone they know who's listening. Speaking of listening, I keep, I just remembered to do this. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but I just want to give a shout out to our friends in Indiana who listen to this podcast. I, I, the, the platform, yeah, the platform, nationwide. the platform we use will just kind of give me general data of where our listeners are and Indiana is always strong. So that's wild. Thank you. That's why I'm on. Shout out, Hoosiers. <laughs> Hello, Indiana. Keep coming back. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough fun. 
let's have even more fun by talking about they both die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies. Becca, would you mind telling us a bit of basic info about this book? The anything you know about the author when it came out, and I a little bird told me that there was a recent prequel that came out. Yes, it was published in 2017. Written by Adam Silvera. He's fantastic. He writes a lot of books with LGBTQ content, and they always make me sob a lot. (laughs) It's all sad, but it's so good. He just started a sci-fi series called Infinity Sun, and the prequel to this book just came out called The First to Die at the End. Also very good. And does that have to do with the same characters or or just kind of the same world concept? It's different characters... But it's the same world. It's the first night that Deathcast is rolled out. Oh, interesting. Um, it's like a New Year's celebration, kind of, with the countdown and everything. And one of them gets the very first Deathcast call. So it's when they're like, uh, does this actually work? Is oh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I like if, it. Yeah. And if you like this book, it sounds like it's cool that you have a second one that you can tap into. And it's yeah, yeah very fun. Well, thank you for that information. I'm going to start with... You, Johanna, what did you know about this book beforehand? Well, I actually read it closer to when it came out. I was part of a committee that looked at teen books for a Teen Choice Award in Wyoming, and it was one on the list. And the only thing I knew about this book before I read it was the title. And that was the only indication I had of what the content was going to be at all. That said, I do like the book. (laughs) And Anna, you said you you had read this before we all were going to read this for this podcast, correct? Yeah, I did read it a few years ago. I started reading some of Adam Silvera's books when I was working in New York because his books are like very New York based. Loved it. I would say like four and a half stars personally, but I always warn people, don't read it somewhere where you don't want people to see you crying because you're going to cry. <laughs> I had a teen come in a couple months ago and ask me, she was like, Anna, I need some books that are going to just destroy me emotionally. Like, this is one of the first ones I recommended to her. Because it's, it's a surprisingly common request. I know, right? You just got to get it out mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Cathartic, you know? Yeah. You, of course, Becca, had read this before. Uh, yeah, I've read yeah. it multiple times. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I first heard about it. I used to be into Bookstagram, the bookish side of Instagram back before TikTok was a thing. And they were recommending it a lot. I love the cover. It has a picture of the two boys and then their shadow is the Grim Reaper. I thought that was really cool. I just noticed that for the first time. Are you kidding me? I had to have someone else point it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's genius. Wow. Um, Why has the best book covers? Like, they're just... So overlooked. They're fantastic. Yeah, they rule. But I also heard it would devastate me, and I also wanted that. (laughs) (laughs) I loved The Fault of Our Stars, because I just saw it. And I was like, "Mm, that was nice. Can you crush my soul more? (laughs) (laughs) And I like about Sarah J. Moss, too. Yeah. It always ruins me. Yeah. John Green. Yeah, for that too. Yeah. Uh, so for doing ratings, I gave it a five out of five. Love it. And who who do you think this book in particular would appeal to? Other than the, those people who want to cry, somebody needs a little release emotionally. Yeah. Okay. I think that it's good for teens, but also every adult I've talked to who's read it loved it too. So I think probably all ages, if you want a quick read, because you get sucked in. The next thing you know, it's it's over. The sun's coming up. You spent all night reading and crying. (laughs) And you loved it. 
And uh, Johanna, what what, uh, out of five star review would you give it? I would say four. And the reason why is just me personally, because it does appeal to contemporary audiences. And I'm usually, unless it's a contemporary romance, I'm so usually with that, it's not contemporary is not my favorite. I like fantasy a lot better. That's just what my bent is. That said, I liked it enough to reread it when we were doing this podcast and enjoy it a second time. I think I would give it a five star just because I, what it is and what it does, I think it does extremely well. Mm-hmm. And it's something I, I got the audiobook and I, I listened to it in three days, two days. I did the bulk of it. And then it was, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm getting close to the end. So I'm just going to wrap this up. And it did suck me in. I thought the characters were great. The, I may have mentioned this before. I like when it's kind of a, if it's a different reality or it's, you know, a, speculative fiction yeah yeah i like when it doesn't give me if it dives too far into the this is how this works and this is well now i'm going to ask more questions you know like well why is it this and this just kind of presents you with this is just how it is and people even have their own questions about how this death cast system works so i like i like that ambiguity we just know that it is true and that's that's it yeah. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but I was very emotionally invested. I think that's the first five star you've given. Really? During the YA wow. books. Oh. Yeah, a good one. Well, if you're in Indiana and you remember another five star that I... <laughs> <laughs> Call me out, please. No, that, yeah, that might be the case. But I, I just, yeah, I really, I really like this book. And I, I, I'm like you, Johanna. I, I like fantasy. That's probably up there at the top for me. Yeah, five star for me. And I think any, yeah, anyone, if you are looking for something where you get emotionally invested in the characters, it's not a super long read. The audiobook was great. It had different voice actors for the different characters. I was telling Anna before we started recording, it felt almost kind of cinematic to me that way, because or like, you know, a play or something. But it was just really well done. And I just, yeah, I, I got sucked into it. And I just wanted to know, <laughs> know what was going to happen to these, these people I started feeling invested in. It's kind of like a will they or won't they but with death instead of romance like like heightens the stakes of the romance you know what i mean yeah it's true all right well thank you all for your spoiler free reviews and telling listeners who would love this book now it's time to buckle up oh boy because (laughs) brace yourself (laughs) for the brave we are going to Head to the spoiler zone. Hit it, Becca. Spoiler zone. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler zone. Okay. We made it. Everybody who doesn't want to know, turn it off. Given time. That's right. We are now in the spoiler zone. So we made it. We're all safe. We're all ready to be spoiled. You listening to this, you should be ready to be spoiled too. And anything goes. We've discussed this before. We almost always end up spoiling other things. So <laughs> the spoiler zone is really Game just... Game of Thrones fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every time. I will not be responsible for what I say <laughs> We are flying high, fancy free. It's the spoiler zone. So we're going to dig into three big questions. I'll start by... Asking you this one, Johanna, what did you make of the title when you first read the book? Do you feel like it was a spoiler? And did it enhance or detract from your experience? 
as I said, that's what I had to go off of. And I would never pick this book up on my own. That was part of the great thing about being on that committee is that I read so many things that were out of my comfort zone or out of what I would normally pick up. So when I read the title, I was like, okay, I know what to expect. But then throughout the course of the story, you're like, you know, yes, but maybe, maybe there's a happily ever after. <laughs> maybe it won't go that way. And then it did kind of... But it gave you that that common thread that like I don't want to get too worked up and this is gonna be sad <laughs> and I I can't care too much and oh my gosh it's so sweet and why do they have to die? So it did I think it enhanced from the experience it enhanced the experience for me for having that as kind of a don't get too don't cry. Don't don't get too don't fall in love with them too much. And then you do. And then you do. <laughs> Although Felton, the, our stars, really did make me ugly cry at yeah. work. So that was like, them. no, so like, no. <laughs> I feel like I need to read that now to see oh, if I... You really... It's sad. It's like the OG devastating it is. teen book. Um, yeah. OG. OG. OG with JG. Dark green. Dark green. <laughs> Anna, how about you in regards to the title and spoilers? So I had a similar experience to Joanna. Another librarian, I think, had told me about this book and recommended it. And I think they said, like, it says they both die at the end. And it's true, but you're going to feel like in the middle, like maybe they're not going to die. You know, like maybe, maybe there's some hope to this. And even though she told me that before I read it, I still, at some point when I was reading it, I was like, okay, but they're not going to die. Right. Like, <laughs> what it sounds like a spoiler. Her saying like, yeah, that's true. They really right. do both die. It's the title. It's the title. <laughs> it tells you. Like it doesn't, she was just trying to warn me, like, don't get your hopes up. But I still did. Because you get so, you get so attached to Mateo and Rufus. They're just... And even some of the side characters, too, you got attached to. But, yeah. yeah. So it would have been fun if chapter eight was like, maybe they don't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they Becca. might die at the end. <laughs> like, that'd be a cooler book. Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> um, you I really can't go to sleep that night. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta find now I got to know. <laughs> I agree with all of that. It's a good hook. I feel like that's a really good title. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. The later in the day it got, they have like timestamps for each chapter. Yeah. And the later it got, I was like, oh, oh, they're going to make it. Ooh. And then they don't. <laughs> and then I cried. <laughs> the one thing I deeply confident about, I was like, they're not going to die at like noon. Because this has to be a whole book. Right. right. You can like, see so at least how I felt comfortable there. But then as it was getting into the evening, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> right. But you're like, oh, it's kind of close to midnight. Maybe the day just ends, and that's how the book ends. No, it's not. I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned it, but the timestamp yeah. conceit was, was cool. It like kept the momentum, and it was listening to the audiobook when I didn't I didn't have pages to, okay, I'm getting there. But that the timestamp, it was like, it's getting late. How yeah. is this going to play out kind of thing? It builds the tension. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I do not care about spoilers, so I liked the title a lot. Okay. Then <laughs> that, yeah, then in that that's that's kind of my why I don't really care about spoilers. If it's told well, the experience is enjoyable. Yeah, twists can be fun, but if all you've got is the twist, then what did you really have? Because you can, you know, show and I think TV falls into sort of a lot where it's like the twists start not making sense, you know, or it's like, what? That? <laughs> they just need to keep viewers. Yeah, exactly. It's like they just need a cliffhanger. They just need. But so I thought I just thought it was really cool where I was like, OK, I'm going to go in. And if that title is true, 
then that's what's going to happen. And I to who and I don't I don't know who they is. I don't you know I don't know anything about this. But then as I start following them along, getting invested, then it was just kind of oh this stinks like yeah. I know where this is going, but I'm still so invest. I still want to learn more about them. I want to see them grow closer together. I want to see them try to enjoy their final time. And that that's really what I didn't, what I started taking away from the story was about how, how you live your life, how you try to enjoy moments, how you think about, well, if this is all I've got for those two characters, it was just sort of, I don't want to do this alone. That's all I know. And then meeting each other, we're we're in the same situation. Let's just do this together. And then they happen to like have this chemistry and and really complement each other in these really lovely ways that do make you, oh, these, (laughs) why do they have to both die at the end? That's not fair. I don't know. I just, I thought it was cool. So it did, it enhanced my experience. And I just kind of, I liked that okay, it's oiling the end for me, but if everyone loves this book and the journey's awesome, then I'm I'm in. What role do you think Deathcast's existence plays in the psyche of the people living in the society, regardless of whether they get the call or not? How would you react to its existence? I kind of got the impression that the people who worked for Deathcast, it was kind of a different, you're working for this horrible, or a thing that no one likes, mm. but it Especially at the start of the book, it was going into the people who were calling and are just like, look, I don't know, you know, I've been yelled at 50 times a day. I'm sorry. I'm just don't shoot the messenger kind of feeling. That is a big part of the prequel. Oh, really? Yeah, because in that one, you sign up to be part of Deathcast. It's not just like everyone's in it. And so it's like the people are brand new to it in training and people who have no one else and they're on the phone and they're like telling their whole life story. And then the people who do the calls like get in trouble because they're like, come on, we got a lot of calls to make. And they're like, this person is dying. Like, I just want to listen to them. So that was that in this one too, a little bit with that one lady who was like, I gotta get my calls done. My kid's gotta go to college. Yeah. 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 It was, that was very interesting. And it, it just, I don't know, it kind of made me think of, I like that ambiguity too of, I think it was Rufus who's talking about like the spec, like, oh, it was alien technology, just stuff because no one knows. Like there's yeah. like why, all we know is that it's true and no one has outlived this call. Um, but you kind of hope they do. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> there's a glitch in the system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that I think kind of drove the characters as well. We're just sort of like, maybe it will be, you know, maybe we can figure out a way to be safe or maybe... We'll be the ones who finally beat the odds. And then, yeah, there are those moments where, like, they go to the diner and the their server finds out that they're... Deckers. Deckers. Yes, thank you. And then she her attitude totally changes because it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It, so it just, everyone was in it together. I think how I would react is... <laughs> I don't know. How how could it not just put you in a constant state of anxiety? Your phone goes off or you're just, please no. <laughs> but, but then maybe that when you do that, get that call that you just have to figure out a way to cope in such a quick amount of time. Yeah, it would be rough. It would be rough yeah. for me. Anna, what do you think? Um, I was thinking pretty much the same thing as you. Like when I was reading it the second time, I was thinking a lot about like, yeah, how, how it would be to live in that society and like not get the call when you wake up. And I think... Like you, I, I would have to somewhere between new, like midnight and 3 a.m. check in with all of my immediate family, my immediate friend circle, <laughs> and even the people I'm not that close to, I want to know on Facebook in the morning, like if they were still alive, you know, like didn't yeah, get the call. Yeah. Like I think I would have to know where I would just be constantly like freaking out. <laughs> but then on the other hand, 
if I was thinking about, say, skydiving, and I knew that I wasn't going to die that day, but I feel a little more comfortable skydiving. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. But it's like a double-edged sword a little bit. Did they ever clarify that only the people who got the call were going to die? I don't remember if they flat out say it, but that's that's how it is. So, yeah. like, you could still get really hurt. Right, which is why they don't want to, like, keep their close friends around them in case yeah. it's, like, blow back. Like, yeah. Go into a coma, and then you don't die that day, but you die the next day. But you only die on the day that you get the call. But yeah, I do think there are certain things I'd be more likely to try if I knew I wasn't going to die that day. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that could be a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I think the big question that this book poses that the title actually kind of hints at is better to know about a tragedy ahead of time so you can prepare yourself or is it better just to live your life and walk into those things unknowing? Because to some degree, there's nothing you can do. If my dad's dying tomorrow, that sucks no matter whether I know about it or not. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm still gonna... Do you want to know or do you want to enjoy that last day with that person not knowing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any answers to any of those questions. I was just thinking about them a lot while I was reading this. Yeah. Johanna, what are your thoughts? There were a couple things on my second read that really stood out to me. One was Mateo's father being in a coma and knowing that every day, you know, and having like some big medical issue, knowing every day you didn't get the call was more day you had. So would that surety of yes, today is the day be a relief, especially like, you know, mm -hmm. my kiddo calls and he's been in a car accident and I'm like... Well, I didn't get the call, so he's fine. But then, you know, from the mother's perspective too, what Rufus had with his whole family going without him, how awful is that to get the call as a parent for your child? That would cause me way more, way more fear than for me or my friends. And I don't, I don't think I would want to know. I, I'm like, and I know that gets kind of into the, the second question, but it would be how it plays into the psyche of the people in the society with the server and the people making money off of the experience of Deckers. You know, they're not going to take it with them. So we're going to charge exorbitant fees to do this last thing for them. I don't know that and the social media that they explore a little bit in the story as far as witnessing what Deckers choose to do or different ways that they, you know, off themselves or things like that. It definitely was well explored and a really good world build, I think, as far as that entire concept. So I think that it would impact people because instead of just being out there like living your life, you're waiting the first three hours of every day from midnight to three to see if you get that call. So there's that refreshed anxiety every single morning. Right. Like, does anyone in that society sleep from midnight to three? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you just wait by your phone. Yeah. So the whole day would be different <laughs> with time because... You don't have to go to work at 6 a.m. because, like, you couldn't get enough sleep. Yeah. How could you... And then there'd probably be some company who's like, we'll teach you how to get used, to, you know, how to get yeah. better sleep from 12 to 3. <laughs> Here's a meditation app. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only $53 a month. Right. Um, yeah, I think that it would kind of limit how they live because, uh, at least for me, I would have that constant anxiety of, am I going to get that call from my son or my parents or people I love? So I'd just be really focused on that instead of just mm -hmm. living yep. huh? and mess me up. Yeah. And to get almost, you know, you could get up to 24 hours, but it could yeah. be the first five minutes too. You right. don't exactly. know. Yeah. You yeah. know? So yeah. that's kind <laughs> of, yeah. you know? You don't know in that 24. It could be right after you see it and then that's it. Or, yeah. Maybe, maybe like getting the call itself gives you a heart attack and then you die. Like, yeah. 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 Or like try and find some loopholes and just don't have a phone. Just mail your friends. <laughs> well, I like how, how when Rufus got the call, he and his friends were instinct was just to not answer it because that'd be my instinct. They'd be like, I'm going to answer yeah. that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Is that <laughs> no, when it goes into action? Is when you answer? Like, yeah. I, one of the questions that they never get to. Yeah. You live in a cabin in the woods with no cell service. Yeah. Find me that. now, Deadcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just live for it. Ball my bear. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, would you want to live in a world where Deathcast exists? Would you want to do any of the Decker services like the World Arena, Adventure Experiences, or Throw Your Own Funeral? have mixed feelings. I can see the advantages. One of the other ones I was thinking about when we were talking about like that server and how she was nicer to them, like that made me think about, okay, so any person I encounter in a day could be dying tomorrow. I don't know. You know, like anybody, any patron me see walk in. So like, since I don't know that, shouldn't I try to treat them in the way that I would if I knew they were dying tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like that kind of clicks to me. And I think that's kind of an interesting lesson to take away. I do think it would be cool to like, yeah, be able to go skiing or <laughs> cliff diving or whatever and like know that you're going to be okay. But ultimately, I think just the anxiety would keep me from living my life. You know what I mean? And I think I'd rather just live my life. You know, it. people say all the time, you know, YOLO, live like it's your last day. But if everybody lived that way every day, things wouldn't get done in a society. That's just, it, it wouldn't. And in, to an extent, I feel like it's a privilege to like be able to plan your life out five, 10 years in advance, right? And know that that's likely what you'll have. So I don't know. I think overall, probably not. I would not want to live in that world. As far as the services go, most of my bucket list things are like travel related things. Like there's a lot of places I want to go. But like for me, when I go to a new place, it's it's the way the air smells and it's the sounds and it's the heat or lack of heat, you know, around. And I just don't think, I think there are things you just can't replicate. You know what I mean? I don't think it would be the same. In much the same way that like Rufus and Mateo tried that skydiving. They're like, this isn't skydiving. You know what I mean? And in some of those cases, and actually, <laughs> if I were going to skydive, but I watched so I wasn't going to die because the risk is kind of what makes it exhilarating. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Also, if you know you're going to die that day anyway, why not just go real skydiving? Right. <laughs> Without <laughs> a parachute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. Because like that, that would probably be an okay way to die. We should be having fun for like a minute. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. So yeah, those are my thoughts on that. I'm still still debating. Johanna. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I think I'd rather not know. I do, you know, we are all going to die. So there is validity to that whole thing. You know, if this was your last, are you living the best life? Are you living the best way that you want to? But I think that there's a reason that those platitudes are not livable every day, mm -hmm. because I think they're just untenable to have that kind of level of stress and anxiety and, and heightened experience. We need some downtime to just this is another day in its routine and it's okay to be in that routine. As far as the Decker services, that's a lot, especially not knowing, you know, what can you fit into the 24 hours? I think I would be way more like Mateo and going and visiting the people that are important to me. I do mm -hmm. think the throw your own funeral would be good and hard. And I get Rufus's idea that he didn't want to stay there even if he could have and cops hadn't busted in just to keep his friends safe, especially having watched his family die. But I definitely would want to gather my loved ones close if I knew. I think that would be the way I spent my time. I would not want to live in that world. I think that not knowing when it's going to happen is one of the beauties of life, like the unpredictability. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying, but I think that it makes life better. Also, I would just be paranoid all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I would wake up like, oh my God, is someone I know going to die today? If they are, what do I do? If you do live in a different state or if they want to do other things, then you could say like, hey, I love you. Have fun in the afterlife or whatever. And then they just go. And then you're waiting all day for when it happens or when it's going to happen to you. I don't know. Like, how do you prioritize what you're going to do? Yeah, I think that if this thing did exist, would people just be like, 
stop. You know, they they yeah. like destroy the cut or just because you are just still so powerless. Even if you know, yeah, what if it's your friend or family or whoever is like on vacation in another country and they get the call and then you're like, well, I guess we'll <laughs> FaceTime. Well, and that was that was the plot with Mateo's friend, right? Lydia, her boyfriend was in went to Pennsylvania and then he got the call. He died trying to get home to her and their baby. Like, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. That was just Pennsylvania to New York, like it'd be much bigger dis yeah. It just underscores if if we do know, it would just drive us. Mad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well like with him, it's like you were saying earlier, would you have a heart attack because you get the call? Would he have still died if he wasn't trying to rush home? Right. So it's also the cause of the death. Right. That's the weird paradox that I get stuck on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, even Rufus and Mateo meeting was because they both got the call. Right. Yeah, and, and then they wouldn't have been in those situations. Yeah. Anymore. And not to play devil's advocate here, but we all know we are all going to die at the end. Yeah. Yes. So we all also kind of live with that uncertainty. And would it be something that in a generation, it would just become how we live? And yeah. Well, I think it would be really hard, and I'm interested in the prequel, because I think it would be really hard when it first started. It was very to interesting. Get, to get society to the point where that is just the way things are. Yeah. And it does have a lot of situations that are like, spoiler, it never tells you how it works. But it does answer a lot of our what-if questions that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's really hard not to blurt them out. There's just one part. <laughs> so that part of it is really interesting to see when it first came about and people were unsure about it and didn't know if it was accurate or not. And like being in denial about it and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's not I fun at all. <laughs> Well, we're having fun. Yeah. Um, I just uh, realized that, like, so I'm like a major Capricorn, and like the way my anxiety takes form is that I have to plan everything out in advance. So, like, mm -hmm. I think if this death existed, by the time I got that call, I formulated a whole plan for that day. Right? Have your response written out. Yeah. Right? Hello. I don't like this person anymore. I'm mad at this person. <laughs> like, I also think that it would make people's behavior more risky if they knew that they weren't going to die that day then maybe they'll jump off a bridge or something because they're like, yep, I'm not going to die. And it reminds me of this other book called Scythe by yes. Neil Shusterman. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the guy in it who keeps jumping off of roofs and he oh, doesn't yeah. die. And they're like, oh my gosh, can you stop doing this? <laughs> it's so annoying that we what have to reconstruct your body. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, maybe that would turn into a problem of people being like, geez, our hospital bills are outrageous. Right. You just keep doing this and you're not dying. You're just hurting yourself. Well, plus really after badly. the fifth time you did that, no way is insurance still going to cover you, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so. Insurance deductibles <laughs> out the window. I wouldn't want to live in that world. I think it's best not to know. We can go around and give any final thoughts. Anna, any final thoughts? Yeah, I, it was interesting reading this the second time because what I remember from the first book was mostly like Mateo and Rufus's story, right? I don't even know if I remember their names, but like their story. But when I was, I half listened to this and half read it. When I was listening to it, like I really appreciated like all the the little chapters in between of like other people like who were dying or not dying that day and what their respectors were and like that created much more of a whole world for me. And like that made me kind of more excited to read the sequel because like, at first, like, Becca, when you told me that was a sequel, I was like, yeah, but Mateo and Rufus are in it, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we, like, but, fangirled about it for a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Silvero, oh my gosh. He is great. Oh, oh, that reminds me of another thought. 
that I just wanted to say, Adam Silvera, I feel like, has a particular talent for, like, writing books where that are very intense. There's usually some sort of, like, if not death, then, like, an equally massive psychological issue, like memory or whatever, mixed with this romance. And I feel like in the hands of a different author, that could all be very, like, twee and, like, a little bit too much. But Adam Silvera, I feel like, really handles it in a way that's, like, both not too dark like even this book there were moments of you know hope in it but also not making it feel too cringy or like or much yeah what is what is that word bathos or something like that or pathos like when you're just really sappy yeah yeah i think he does a particularly good job yeah um, at that i wholeheartedly agree that was it like it just it felt grounded in a real kind of way it was funny how <laughs> like oh that's mad blah 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 like <laughs> but i was just like well i'm not i don't know how people talk but it, it that helped me care about the characters so much you're just like this this does feel grounded this feels like a story where this is actually happening and yeah it didn't feel sappy or yeah i did find that having lived in new york out of most of his books including this one like felt pretty realistic as to like the type of people you would meet and the kind of things that are going on so yeah johanna Final thoughts? Just that it's worth a read. Again, this is not something that I would usually pick up, but I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. It was one that does make you feel. You get invested in all of the little things, like the little story that Mateo with the dead bird and going and marrying the bird and how sweet he was. And you really do get to care about the characters and very neat world build that was pretty flawless. So it was, it was worth the read. I also, with Anna, I really loved the side stories. It's just like a, a glimpse into someone's life instead of them being the central part of the story. But I feel like that makes you kind of experience, like, Sonder, the the realization that everyone around you is living their own individual, like, full life. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have people they love, people they've lost, their own hopes, their own dreams. And it kind of makes you... It didn't last. Like, it never does. But, like, <laughs> when you're reading it and you go outside, you're like, oh, my gosh, that person crossing the street right now? They have this whole complex thing going on. So I really liked that so much. And The First to Die at the End is... I didn't like it as much as this one, but I think it's always kind of difficult to follow something so great. But if you liked this one, I would strongly recommend reading that one because... It's fun to get those what ifs and like how everyone reacted at first. And I loved how it rolled out with a big party that everyone's like in Times Square and then it escalates pretty quickly. So I bet I liked it. (laughs) Yeah, I also really liked it. It one I thought would be a good pairing if you wanted something that was more happy would be Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Mm. It, It kind of reminded me of that in some ways. I mean, obviously the relationship part, but just that that kind of connection that two people can have and younger people and, you know, trying to figure out who they are and not having this kind of science fiction lean to it. But that one at least doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't devastate you. <laughs> I mean, that would be good to read after this. Like, how it was. <laughs> yeah. 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 I really liked it. The, the pace is exceptional. I love the just the length of it was great too. It was just like the snapshot, and, but you really feel like you know these characters and you like them. And yeah, it was, just, it was just a cool, cool book that I think shows that the appeal is not just to young adults. It's really like to, to anyone, people who just like relationships and, and people. And like you were saying, Becca, it's one of those books where you read it and it does kind of make it you messes think, with you. Yeah, it just makes you think about how complicated our lives can be and how we don't know what other people are going through. And that just that kind of books as a empathy machine yeah before we get going i want to ask uh what you all are reading watching or anything that you want to share with listeners anna 
What are you reading right now? So I, like my colleagues, am a big uh, fantasy fan. And I'm in the middle of the um, An Ember in the Ashes series by Sabah Tahir. I hope I pronounced that correctly. But really enjoying it. It's like a pretty standard like YA fantasy with like love triangles and stuff. But it's set in kind of like a world that's sort of similar to like what would be in the real world, like the Middle East. And it's kind of like a, a cool, like a, a different cultural bent on fantasy that I've seen in a lot of books before. And I also just really like the main characters and got really attached to them. The first book is kind of like, um, the setting is kind of like they're in evil Hogwarts. So there's a little bit of that, like, <laughs> that typical YA, like boarding school thing going on, but like in a much more, like it's evil Hogwarts. <laughs> so yeah, that's a cool, like kind of hook in the beginning. And then, yeah, and I'm waiting on the fourth book on hold. It's going to be like 14 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's worth it. Hopefully. And Becca, you were upset by something earlier. <laughs> yes. I'm watching The Last of Us, and I haven't played the video games. That's the important part. That's what makes it a spoiler. But I saw online something that happens pretty far down the line from where it's at on TV. I got very mad about it. <laughs> I hate spoilers. I know you don't care, but I love not knowing. I think it's so exciting. But the series is absolutely phenomenal, especially... The third episode. I loved it. And I can't wait until this weekend so I can see more. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that adaptation. Johanna, you are going through a series that you like yes, again. I am. I read Ricardo with my boys. We do audiobooks at night because mom's not super cool to read chapter books out loud. Um, <laughs> that's a good hack. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my voice one day and that's where it started and yeah. I, they haven't gone back. <laughs> this is our second time through these series and just a little bit. I absolutely love Rarden. He's one of my all-time favorite authors and I particularly love his Magnus Chase series. Um, that one, especially for older teens, has an amazing world build, um, has some gender fluid characters that are done really well, address youth homelessness. I mean, there is just a lot in those books. It's really awesome. And it's coming from the Norse mythology perspective, and I really like mythology. And Norse mythology is harder. Like, the stories are not happy. Ragnarok happens, and that's the accumulation of their pantheon, and <laughs> everybody dies. So um, I think end. he does, yes. <laughs> he does an amazing job, I think, of capturing some of the things like that, that kind of the feel of Norse mythology when you actually get into what it looks like. So, and of course, he always promotes up and coming authors to write their cultures, mythologies, and so all of his regard and presents are really awesome too. I highly recommend him. Thank you for sharing that. And what about you? Listeners will be disappointed to know that I have not finished Kafka on the Shore. I have about, I think, 70 pages to go. I'm very close, but I just... Oh, uh, you can do it. Yeah, I will finish it. I just have not finished it yet. You're just savoring it. That's right. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want it to end. So I'll never finish it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to wrap that one up and then go from there. I have some other books in my queue that I need to get going on. Well, thank you all so much for this very fun conversation, Anna, Johanna, and it doesn't. It's not cool. Like there's Anna, Johanna, it Becca, rhyme. Johanna, <laughs> <and> Becca. <laughs> Becca, Anna, Johanna. There we go. That kind of the uh, Hannah, Hannah. <laughs> if you do Joanna, Johanna, Anna, Becca, then it's Jab, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all. Our team division is really representing. 
And I really appreciate you all joining the Love and Loopcast. This was a great book recommendation. I really had a lot of fun reading it and talking to you all. So thank you all for being here. Thank you, Daniel. It's been fire. (laughs) It's been been bomb. It has not been whack whatsoever. <laughs> um, sick, I think man. the audio issues you're going to have when you're editing are going to be whack. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and thank you all listeners for joining this Loveland Libcast for listening to us. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.